Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Hello, welcome to TFLP episode 345. Uh, we are doing a pre-record this week because uh, I will be um, busy on on Monday. So we're uh, doing this here on Saturday ahead of time and we're putting it up. So, um, so today I am joined by Paul. That's me. And Anna. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is for you. There, there you go. So um, this week we're going to be talking about new characters in Transformers. So uh, so Anna, this is uh, your topic. So why don't you kind of expound on what, uh, what we're going to talk about today? I'd be happy to. And, you know, what kind of got me thinking about this is just, you know, oftentimes new shows or new comics or new parts of fiction or new toy lines in Transformers is just taking the old characters, you know, your Optimuses, your Bumblebees, your Megatrons, your Starscreams, changing them a little bit and using them again. And every once in a while in a series, we get a new character, like the first time that, you know, so-and-so was used. And, I think that sometimes, you know, the fandom in general has a very, like, has a reaction I almost don't expect because, you know, you would think that being collectors and being fans of robots and cool designs, we'd be like, yay, a new character, something new to try. But oftentimes, I think people have more of a negative reaction, like, oh, I don't want to focus time on this new guy. I'd rather, you know, focus on the guys I already like or I already care about. And the reason that this has been on my mind has been that I received my MNC heiress, who I'm holding up right now, their original figure that's basically a woman version of Tarn, um, a character who's a shapeshifter who can take other people's robot powers, basically, in this version she's taken Tarn's powers. And Tarn is already, you know, a new character introduced in the comics that some people know about and a lot of fans have never heard of. And then we have this extra level of obscurity. A third party maker makes a new character. They didn't give us any fiction with her other than a write up. And some people, like a couple of my friends from the book club and myself, are super excited about this release. It's a good toy and an original character. So we're super pumped. Whereas other people in the cast and in my peer groups completely just don't care, right? They just aren't interested at all in introducing a new character. So I like to talk about, you know, things like that, the hyper obscure, but then also the characters that, you know, get brought into fiction and used from there on, like, you know, Windblade and characters like Bulkhead or Drift who have been introduced more recently. This is the best Windblade I had at hand. <laughs> I love well, the Wendy's. Yes, the Wendy's, Wendy's Windblade. Windy Blade. 
I want to throw a wrench in things from you know, my many my many years uh, in training and of parole in the Transformers police has made me wonder like if it's not if it's a third party created character is it really a new Transformers character because it's I mean I, I, I'm gonna say no I'm, just, I'm gonna, without discussing further like that's that's not quite the same as like introducing Windblade as a as a fan voted character collector into the the canon, so to speak, of of the brand. I mean, it's related to Tarn, yeah, but it's it's not. I don't know. It, it falls outside of the of the goalposts. I would say a bit. I think it's just different levels of original character. Like, because, you know, when when Run was first introduced, you know, he was just one author's new character that they were writing in the comics. In the official. official You're you're bringing it completely different to say that it's an official and it has a backstory versus it's a third party and there is no, you know, backstory like with these characters. I think it's completely different if they like. Well, let's go with that then. Like, out there too. What level of backstory and officiality actually helps the character take? Because, like, if I go back, I remember when we first, um, Bulkhead's first, like, as the big bulky guy, the first time he showed up was animated, right? It's the yeah. big green dude. Yeah. Okay. And I remember that a lot of people, at least that I talked to about Transformers at the time, were completely disinterested. They were like, why the hell is it that Ironhide or some other actual Transformers character? Why is Prowl a bike and some sort of samurai? They were just, you know, bothered by that, but more so by the new character. Like, why is there this new guy? Why do I care about it? I think people have warmed to him over the years, but I think it took a while. that's the so the difference for me and like whether or not a new character will stick is entirely based on the fiction i think that like a lot of these characters like why i care about optimus prime or whoever bumblebee whatever like is because they have a backstory and you're rooting for them and, and all that if you just release a random toy of a character and it has no real backstory to it then it's it's going to be tough. And so I think a lot of the examples that you're using to where they turned into characters that uh, the fans really liked, you know, like, you know, Windblade, I think that seems like she's, you know, really, you know, kind of taken a following now. Uh, again, it took like years, though. Right, right. But that's, again, like, I mean, that's the same thing, like, with Drift and whatnot. Like, you have to have a good story, you know, to them to where you would like like the character for good or bad like you know you brought up tarn and the djd well like they're amazing like those stories are are awesome when they you know talk about what they're doing like they did something new it wasn't just some generic like oh i'm a copy paste of another character um you know type of thing and so um, I, I think that that's where like a lot of these IDW characters, like if they had only released a toy of Nautica, like I wouldn't care about it. Right. But the fact that like they've released all this fiction of Nautica and then haven't necessarily released a, a toy that I feel is makes a good representation of that character. Like I'm dying for, you know, a good Nautica or a good, like a thousand other IDW characters that, 
they created that I care about, that I want, you know, a, it in a physical form. So let's start with Tarn. So Tarn was introduced in the IDW comics in what, like 2013-ish? Is that about the year he came around? I, I hate putting labels like that. On, uh... <laughs> I, I don't remember. On I'm just trying fact. to cope with the number of years. It was Whatever a while ago, Anna. A while ago. Okay, fine. Whatever. And he was, you know, a a not heavily used character, right? Like, he wasn't actually in that many issues of the comics. Like, he made a big impact. He was a well-received character. He was interesting. He was cool. But he wasn't actually in, like, you know, every issue or anything like that. Or almost every issue, even. But... You know, years later, we still talk about him. I'm currently reading comics that he was in. You know, he was in the issues we read in book club last week as of this recording. But, you know, I still, I'm going to have his toy probably so, forever. I think this so, Anna, great. spoiler for the book club, um, the, he's actually in some issues past where you guys have been reading yes. right now. So, like, but you guys are, what, not... 42 to 44? Is that right? Yeah. So... There several, you know, you're getting towards the end of more than meets the eye, and he's yes. he's involved in in a handful of of those issues as well. So just, you know, spoiler on that, um, you know, for those people that haven't read to that point, you know, years later. But I mean, I, Tarn was thinking back, like probably a risk. That that whole thing was kind of a risky, a risky move. But that is exactly what got me to read the comics was I, I, I used to peruse the uh, <laughs> this is this is the quality of fan I am I used to just see the previews on like TFW or whatever and then I would read the summary on <laughs> TF wiki that's how I read the comics for like a while if you know it, when I even cared to know but when that preview for the uh, was it issue six or seven the one where they get Whatever the one, the one with Tarn's face on the front cover, I was like, right. "What in the hell is that guy?" Like, it seems it was so audacious. Like this guy's wearing the Decepticon symbol on his right. face, and the origins of the Decepticon symbol have always been like a talking point of the fandom. You know, like it was Soundwave's face. No, it wasn't. Yeah, you know, like like just to have to actually like kind of upend it and be like, "No, this guy is literally wearing it on his face." You're like, "This is crazy," and it that was enough to get me interested. And honestly, the other characters are not as compelling as Tarn. He is definitely like the most fleshed out one. And he's the, he's the he was the the tent pole for that whole thing. And it really made me as a longtime fan who didn't read the original comics be like, OK, now I know why these people care about these characters. I've never paid attention to like from the comics, like Impactor and Zeron and Straxus and uh the yellow dude with the arm, you know, the, the, I just kind of was like, I can just ignore all that stuff for a long time. And then I was like, Oh, these, these, these fiction only comic characters are pretty cool. And he persists. Tarn has been, a, it was a risky play and it was, a, it ended up being a good one. He persists in the fandom pretty prevalently now with, with the, who does it? The flame toys, figure you know it's incredible and then of course you know, then you go into third party stuff into where you are right now but again tarn was created by a licensed creator a, a professional amidst other professionals that signed off on this creation and it has its place in the the core i hate you know transformers canon is ridiculous but like um it, it's he's there and he has a place in the wiki 
will Eris ever have a place in the wiki? Not until it shows up. Not until someone else feminizes Tarn and makes it in part of the fiction. And that's where I would say it's Eris is it's a cool concept, kind of like the Autobot Tarn that was also created. You know, it's 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 the same. It's cut from the same cloth, but it's also in the realm of OC fan fiction. It really is, and I. It is. And yeah, that if you're into that, then then whoop de doo, good, great. But I, I'm gonna that I have horse blinders on to any of that stuff, and the clo- the, the thing that I can find in the middle that has now become legitimized that I think kind of illustrates what I'm sort of trying to say is the shattered glass stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we are about to enter a world where shattered glass is no longer. I mean, it was always pretty much in the zone of white being like it was official it was real it was club made stuff but like you can ignore every single piece of fiction the fan club ever made if you want you very much yeah and and it's perfectly happy to do so or I, i am but the toys are cool and like the toys are like once once a once a character is made into toy form it's suddenly like the pyramids in egypt in transformers land it's like it's never going away and you can't deny it's the biggest, you know, it, it's an effigy that'll never, never go away. And um, now that they're making official versions of the Shattered Glass toys, you know, the blur and specific, specifically is like such an improvement over the original. It's like now that stuff has crossed another barrier to be part of the larger canonical, um, ex- widely accepted fiction. I, would say. I think that's a really good point because I know there's people like, you know, I, I talked to some of the older, the people who actually went to BotCon, I did it, like Christian, who, you know, has attachment to certain, like, Shattered Glass type characters or certain, you know, characters from those BotCon exclusive type deals. And the rest of us have always been kind of content to be like, yeah, that's the weird stuff those weirdos like, but I don't care about that. Other than kind of like, you know, seeing the Shattered Glass sound wave design and thinking, man, that's really neat looking. I like how he came out and seeing the shadow glass ravage thinking it was funny and those kind of things but for the most part it was just kind of like eh that's you know that's gone that was a fun part of fiction that was made but now it's getting re-legitimized with simultaneously toys and new fiction by getting the toys with the packing comics so that's gonna you know will that make will that mean that now shadow glass characters are going to recur every five years in our toys you know are they just gonna keep coming back you don't need to, you don't need to say those things out loud. Like, you don't want to. You never know who's listening. So, but yes, that is a, that is a possibility. That is a possibility. I we got we got a Nemesis Prime toy that was made off of like a three second clip in the Netflix cartoon, right from the from the spoiler pack. It was like three seconds of Nemesis Prime needs let's make a spoiler pack toy. Well, you know, Nemesis Prime is one of those things where it's kind of interesting because it, like, it just kind of came out of nowhere as well, and it's really caught on with the with the fiction or with, or I'm sorry with the fandom, and but like, have we even really gotten much fiction for that character? That I was that that was one going to be one of my talking points was him because. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to jump into him right away, but I guess we can. He he has ha- he has a really murky origin, like it's very troublesome. It's not like drifts or or windblade, but but he came way before any of those, you know. Um, and a lot of people will argue. You can you can argue day and night about 
Scourge versus Black Convoy versus Nemesis Prime. To me, they are separate entities, but they all look the same, and that's where that's where people like start. It, it's just Black Optimus Prime. It's like, well, it's it's deeper than that if you want to go there. But you know, there's cultural differences with Japan and the U.S. But it has solidified now to become Nemesis Prime, mostly. And yeah, we still don't have like. Like, Nemesis Prime, the, the Herald of Unicron is essentially, like, what we kind of... It's kind of the most um, widely accepted version of him. You know, he's, like, related to Unicron somehow. Um, you know, that is not... That is not Scourge from R.I.D. That is not Black Convoy from R.I.D. They're, they're, they're different, but we still haven't actually... It's funny, that's the most widely accepted sort of rendition of him in my opinion, I guess. I don't want to, like, speak for everyone. But, yeah, we haven't had, like, a big reveal. Like, I'm Nemesis Prime, the black, you know, the, the Unicron, Unicron sent me to mess you up. You know, like, the only other version we had was the IDW version, which is also its own thing, which is actually Nova Prime. So it's, like, it, very, very murky. But he's so cool-looking that it doesn't really matter. He can have that murky origin and... You know, Japan was onto something with painting just iconic characters black. It's cool and it's collectible and it's never going away. I have to agree with you that I, when, like, I definitely accept that there's going to be a black prime of some sort off of almost every prime figure. He may or may not show up in fiction, he may or may not get a comic panel or whatever to represent him. But I have zero representation or zero expectation for who he's going to be when he gets introduced. He could be a take on Scourge. He could be a completely new guy who just happens to look a lot like Prime. He could be a representation of Optimus Prime's goth phase from his teenage years. <laughs> who knows what he's gonna be this time? Then that would be an awesome that would, would be an awesome it. version. I would love it. See, we want people to listen to some of our comments, Paul. <laughs> yeah, like that one. But I have no expectation for who he's going to be. Like, it could be anybody. They could use any template or personality because he's never really grabbed one of those. But he does have a look. You know, he has to be a more menacing looking black optimist. And the look is so important that they made this guy <laughs> who is actually like the same thing. They made Shattered Glass after his prime. And he's like glass. not... These are two different dudes, but they represent pretty much the same, like, archetype. You know, the bad guy, tur the good guy turned bad. Okay. So but at the same time, I think we have more expectation for what type of person that Shatterglass Prime is going to be than Nemesis Prime. Like, like we, we think of him as having a very specific personality because he's only really been portrayed in fiction, like, once. Um, whereas with Nemesis Prime, it's like, who the hell is that? We'll find out this time. Yeah, I, I would mean, say I, the distinct. There's a distinction there, quick, if you don't mind. Um, that op, Shatterglass Optimus is Optimus Prime. All the capabilities and the leadership that that guy has just turned turned bad. He's like he's probably scarier than Nemesis Prime. Nemesis Prime is like a brute on a mission who has orders from a higher power. So they're like he he's a lone wolf. Where Shatterglass Prime like has legions of other underling bad dudes. So, yeah, th there there are... You can cut it many different ways, but there is a distinction. Well, I, I think part of it is is that Optimus Prime in general is a really good design. And so I think just getting repaints of Optimus Prime, like, works no matter what. So, I mean, 
Because I would say, wouldn't you say that the Nemesis Prime and Shatterglass Optimus kind of works better than the Shatterglass um, Hot Rod or Rodimus, right? Like, like they did that, and it, I mean, it was fine, you know, and there's been a couple, you know, repaints of that, but I just don't feel like it's been, you know, quite the, you know, like, I, I don't know, stuck with the fandom the same way. It's funny. I was in love with the look of his face for the years after he was first like published before he got a figure, but then he got that power of the primes toy and I hated it. Even though the face was right, the head sculpt was right. It was still put on a toy. I just didn't like, I owned it and I stared at it. I was like, I have to sell this. It's stupid. I don't like it at all. <laughs> it was such a bummer though. Cause I was really, I was really hyped about that design. I was like, Oh, look at his little like evil facial hair. He's fun. Did you, I don't know what the, what it's like now, but there was a time when that toy was worth like five hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it was because wow. of the it was because of the fans project set. It you know it was early it was proto third party world and like. Oh, are you talking about the Nemesis Prime or the Rodimus? Talking about Rot SG oh. Hot Rod, classic oh, okay. Hot Rod. Oh, okay, classic that figure. Uh, we Optimus were talking about the Power more. of the Primes one. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah that that well I was talking about. The original Rodimus Unicronus. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, Unicronus. See, that's an, isn't that annoying that they like finally embrace the Shattered Glass universe, but they're like, oh, but we're gonna make this this other guy. We're gonna make him Rodimus Unicronus, which like is a new suffix that we didn't need. <laughs> we did well, not. and then that didn't actually even his... have any fiction backing up, did it? I don't, I don't think it did. Kinda. He was in the kind of in the Makima or Machinima or however you say it. Oh well, Hot Rod turned black and became evil. I don't really I think. count that. I guess that. So, so is that pretty much the thing? They had to have them like turn black and evil for a second, and then they're like, "All right, crank out toy. a toy." Well, I don't want to spoil the world too much, but there was a track listing of the music from the upcoming Kingdom show. And if you read the titles of the songs, you might uh, might learn a thing about who's going to be in it. Learning is dangerous. You don't want to spoil anything. The spoiler box started showing up to people recently. We just can't talk about that. It's too spoilery. Yeah, mine are showing up today. What the heck? Thanks, yeah. Hasbro. I think we we might spoil that on Thursday, actually. Yeah, we were talking about it. Anna, Anna and I both forgot to cancel ours. So. I didn't forget, <sighs> Lucas. I consciously made the choice. Um, and you were holding up a fossilizer earlier, and that's yes. another good, like, that's a new character, right? So I no was going to bring yet. that up, because this is official, you know, these new fossilizers, right? Uh, but I don't believe, do they have any representation so far in the Beast Wars comic? I have no idea. I don't think so. The Beast Wars comic isn't very far yet. Yeah. I would, I would highly doubt they would, because it would be like, you know... The, C the War for Cybertron universe is not, like, related to anything else. It is its own continuity, essentially. It's not really supposed to be, like, old Beast War stuff. But maybe they I will really try like to bridge to the gap. Up. Yeah, maybe. maybe. It it's not impossible. Even if they were just, like, bad guys. Even if they were just, like, one-shot storyline monsters that, you know, sprouted up from Cybertronian technology leaking into fossil ground nonsense. That'd be cool. It'd still be a fun little story and a way to include them. You do like a dead army or something like that kind of thing. I mean, you could fix, you know, when they made the Dinobots, they like scanned those fossils. You know, it'd be interesting if like 
They're like, let's try the. They like retold the origin of the Dinobots, and they mess up the first time and make these dudes. They're like, oh no, those the are the fossils. Bo- got contaminated by the energy they used to scan them. They got contaminated because of life. And they're crazy. Like like the Mountain Dew bot. Um. So anyway, so uh, apparently Ractonite. Uh, you know, somehow we didn't want to talk about this, right? <laughs> I do. We well, Ann and I just talked about it for about five minutes, but we can do it again. But it's a good point, because a lot of you don't want to talk about Ractonite. A lot of people are just being, like, very dismissive of the fossilizers. So, like, I don't like the toy. They're a new concept, so throw it aside. Whereas, like, when you get a new blur and you don't like the toy, as a lot of people don't like the new blur, they're like, well, it's still blur. Still got to get it. Still got to deal with them. But with these new guys, it's just like, hmm, new guy, no fiction. Toss over the shoulder. Goodbye. I think that, like, I've always been on board, you know, Anna, with these new characters, um, you know, like, or so I thought. Um, But I realized after these fossilizers coming out that I really need fiction to back these characters up for me to really embrace them. And so that's what, like, a lot of the G1 ones and all that, like, I have a connection to it. And, like, as you said, Blur, like, I need my 86 movie crew uh, because, you know, love the movie and all that. And so it's like, I need a representation of blur. Whereas like, you know, why do I need the Now, if this was a really cool toy, then I would agree with you. But like, I just, I, I think it's a, it's okay. I don't know. It's nothing sp- for, for me. Like I, I do like fossilized dinosaurs, but I, I don't think that these have been that great for me. It's, it's funny. The, the way you put that made me, Again, I come back to this a lot when we discuss things, but like how the origins of Transformers are so different than any other toy line that is based on any sort of fiction, where the fiction comes first and the toys come after. Like the, the story, you know, the story's written, the characters are made, then they like, they just yank pieces out of that to make toys. Like Star Wars is not making new toys of characters that aren't in the film. But Transformers does it all the time, all the time. Whatever, whatever we're referencing for a toy line, they can throw in five or six, you know, new guys that maybe won't be on the TV show. And that's how the whole War for Cybertron line has been. I mean, they've been they've referenced old toys, so that helps. But the fossilizers are completely new, like all new characters. There's there's nothing before, and and that used to be kind of the norm, like with. I don't know, TV sh- with like, there were Cybertron animated prime. There were always toys that were not part of the overall storytelling. You're right. This is, this is a, this whole concept of mostly just reusing characters. Did not really start until like the animated times? Right. Because the Unicron trilogy had a lot of new characters a lot of them use old people names, but they were definitely new designs, new personalities. It was just like, here's a name that we've used before, but it's definitely a new guy. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, that was the era when the movie was coming out. So they were kind of reshuffling all their priorities and like, oh, crap, we really haven't done a good job of, <laughs> of keeping track of this stuff. And they started kind of like, you know, they still haven't done a great job, but they're doing better than they used to, where they kind of wrangle in all their IP and keep it going. Um, but they, I, I like when they bring in new... We even got to the point of our personal opinions, but like 
I like when they bring in new characters nowadays because it seems like a treat. It seems like something new. It's rare. Yeah. So the and the fossilizers is such a strange concept that I just can't imagine that's going to be in fiction. But <laughs> you kind of saw the long. Yeah, we kind of saw the long game play here where they surprise they all combine into an, another new guy, another um, who, who I don't know if they've named it yet, but that. The three-part combiner that set it a precedent. Yeah. Three-part combiners to be source. And I think that will, in the longevity of the existence of those things, will help them persist and be remembered. Because I, I would assume some of those characters will come back in one form or another. In, yeah, you know. and as a toy collector, I just don't, I don't care. Like, for me, having one figure that's a cool toy is enough for me. Like, I don't need it to persist. I want other people to like them because I think they're very enjoyable. But as far as me, I'm super thrilled to have those three new toys to play with and to be able to combine them in a nonsense and have bones around and pretend they're undead, whatever. That's fun. But I totally understand why some people just need that fiction to make it persist. So I've never been the one to need that. You know, I was wanting to collect... Um, third-party IDW concepts before I ever read the comics. You know, I had I had this Tarn toy before I ever read a comic with Tarn in it. I knew he was some bad guy who did bad things, but I didn't need that. So, yeah. Anyway, I would like the fossilizers to have fiction for the rest of you, so well, you I, can I, like them too. So why? Wh- here's that made me think. Like, why is that? Like. When the toys are made for kids, you're young. You don't know this, like, mountain of history regarding these characters. You just think it's a cool toy. And so that's, I think that was the mentality back in the day. These are, you know, there are, this is this collector community. Um, we have some history, but we're still making toys for kids. So let's just make cool-looking robots. Let's make Backstop the the weird dinosaur in, in Cybertron or whatever. Let's, we, don't, we don't have to be slavish to what has come before, but... The dynamic of the zeitgeist has changed so much that they have to, people demand to be recognized for their memories, essentially. So I think you're kind of, you're in the, you have enough of an imagination still in your, in your, you know, um, non early formative years, Anna, that you can still accept that stuff the way like they want. They want kids to react to this brand, perhaps. I mean, maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I was just talking to a friend about that, like how I really like their ability to take a character and just like give it a new name, give it a new fiction, don't care about the fact that it hasn't shown up anywhere. It just put it into their own little, you know, headcanon, toy fiction, whatever they want and still get a lot of joy out of it. Because in some ways, I actually kind of feel bad for people who don't get excited, you know, like I've talked endlessly about Calculation Cane, but I'm really bummed that a lot of people just skip that figure and dismiss that figure, even though it's a new design, it's a fun design, it's it's creative, it's imaginative, it's really fun. But a lot of people just kind of said, oh, well, that's interesting. It's an oddball looking thing, but it's not anybody, so I don't care. But, but and it's a bummer because that... y'all like toys. <laughs> My my question, though, is, is like, OK, even with kids, like a lot of times kids would make up their own backstory just because, you know, something might not be there or they haven't been exposed to it or whatever it might be. Imagination. But, right, right. But like 
you know, if the kid is, is shopping in the toy aisle, is he going to pick that or is he going to pick Bumblebee? Like that's, that's the thing that's like different is, is I, I do feel like that a lot of times, especially with us as, as kids and whatnot, like, well, that's what toy was available when we went to the store. And so that's what we got. And I, so I feel like a lot of these, like, that's kind of like where it comes from. So then you build a backstory because you don't have one, but like if a bumblebee and random new guy would have both been available, you probably would have picked a bumblebee. I don't know. I mean, maybe you would have went with the other one just because the colors might have been cooler or something like that, or it might have been, you know, you already had a bumblebee, so maybe you picked this one. But um, I, 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 I do I, think that the, having that fiction does, you know, pull, you know, people in and that you're going to select what you know over what you don't. It depends on how it as a kid, as a child, you know, it depends on your exposure to the media, the fiction. You know, if you don't know, if you've never watched an episode of Transformers, you could get any old toy and it transforms. You're like, holy cow, this is awesome. But once you've watched the whole season, day in, day out, then you want those things you saw, which is what we've been chasing for years because we saw the G1 cartoon or in the comics over and over and over on our VHS cassettes and the toy... We, Sooner or later, you realize, wait, this toy doesn't look this. This Optimus Prime can't even turn his legs left and right. This isn't the right guy. And so we've been chasing that dragon for forty years. <laughs> but but I think I feel like you do. If you're again on your exposure to the brand, if you've been once you've been in it so long, I think you kind of you kind of go this wave where you want, you want that stuff you saw, you want it, you want it, you want it. Then you almost get, you get satiated and you get sick of it and you kind of want the new stuff. Like yeah. I, I like new characters and stuff. I don't, I don't, I like that they exist. I don't necessarily collect them until like something really amazing comes along. But, um, I feel like Anna, you're in that same boat. You're like, okay, I've, I've, I've had, I've owned enough Optimus primes over the years. Like, they, yeah, they keep getting better, but like that's not the first thing I want. I want the new guy. Show me new guy. I'm so done with Optimus. I like that. Um, the MMC Star Convoy is such an anatoy. Like that is like the type of thing I like. He looks like so much fun, and I can't let myself order it because it's another damn Optimus. If it was Steve Prime, I'd be all over it. But Optimus Prime, I'm just done. <laughs> Just tired of him. I mean, I can but make I think... the argument that Star Convoy is not the same as Optimus Prime, though. So. He looks so much like him, though. Looks so much like well, him. But he is, actually. Right. <laughs> Usually. Sometimes. Who knows? Canonically, Lucas. Not a whole lot of fiction for that no, character. I know, but I'm, I'm Return just saying, of though, Convoy. Like, right. <laughs> it, it's, like, later in the fiction, whereas, you know. But let, let me throw out something here that I wasn't thinking of when I came up with this topic that might matter more than we think it does is imagine you're a kid watching Cyberverse, right? So you're an adult watching Cyberverse. And when you watched it and you see that the first two characters to show up are um, Bumblebee and Windblade, right? Bumblebee is the classic character you've had forever. Windblade's still kind of the new kid. Like she's, she's getting old these days, but she's still the newer character. If you're a six-year-old watching that for the first time, they're equally new, right? Bumblebee is oh, yeah. an all-new character. Windblade is an all-new character. Grimlock, show- Grimlock? Grimlock showing up and talking with a sophisticated voice 
didn't jar you. That's just who Grimlock was. It was your first ever introduction in Grimlock. He has a shifting personality voice thing when he transforms. And that's your Grimlock canon. It doesn't matter that they reuse the old characters for the kids. Because they're the new characters no matter what. You know, they'll have a they'll have a dragon to chase as they get older, as Paul put it, because they'll go back and get the old figures and try to look for better ones. Well, yeah, they'll play with the Cyberverse toys and be like, this is garbage. Like, what? <laughs> Where's Windblade kicking butt? There isn't one. <laughs> you don't get a Windblade kicking butt. Boo. So, so some of the things that we hate about, like, you know, whatever. Say that Bumblebee losing his voice or using the radio as his voice and whatnot. Like, some of those, there's, like, kids out there that are like, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, the G1 oh, one yeah. is weird or, you know, just oh, whatever. Yeah. So, something else where it's it doesn't match what their first exposure to the media was. So it's like, no, it's not supposed to be like that. That's interesting. I would love to talk to someone that felt that way and just like listen, just like ask them questions and listen to see what, how they felt about it. That'd be so cool. Because it doesn't matter if a new cartoon came out next week and Bumblebee was a florist by day and a ninja by night, then that would be the kid's new canon. The kid who watched that show first, that would be their Bumblebee forever. Florist ninja Bumblebee. And for the rest of us, it would be like, what the hell is this nonsense? Why is Bumblebee this? This is when a did, concept, but what's going on? When did Anna get in charge of Transformers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, wow. I think a lot of it is, is like we're accepting two of character changes. Like if, as long as the core of the character is the same, it's okay. But if it goes against like, like say if, if Optimus Prime is evil and likes to kill people, like, well, that's, that's not the Optimus Prime we all know and love. So it's like what, yeah, That's whereas... why it's Bayverse. It's Bayverse Optimus Prime. That's why we dis- distinctly call him something different than he's his own archetype. Magnus is a good example of that. Because for me, you know, I have this big Magnus fandom. And then the IDW comics came out and everybody started really liking this guy that's called Ultra Magnus. That's a completely different character, right? Like, this is not my Robert Stack voiced 80s magnus this is an entirely different character he's some sort of very um neurotic guy who has this like weird history that's a lot of surprises and twists and everything he's a totally different character and it just so happens i was okay with it because i like both versions right otherwise i probably would have been like really upset that they you know gave me ultra magnus but made him into this like dumb new thing i don't like but instead, they made him into a new thing that I actually like quite a bit. Like, he was a new character. Like, he's just an entirely new character using the old name and the old look. Yeah, but he's he's still under what I what I like to call the archetype of Ultraman. A little bit. Like they they took they took like one line of dialogue from the history, the long history of Ultramagnus, and like blew it up like the Big Bang to make a new. A universe of they did named Ultra Magnus, but that's great. That's happened many, many, many times across um, Transformers. I, I was thinking this topic is more like complete. I, I would agree that is that is a separate entity character from the other Ultra Magnus, but they like still fit in the same Ultra Magnus. So like, let's imagine hierarchy. instead. Let's go back to IDW and say instead. They had released a new character. He looks a little bit different. He's like kind of a similar design, different colors. And his name is Mega Ultus. 
And he was an all-new character. The exact same lines of dialogue, the exact same stories, the exact same surprises and twists and neuroses and everything else. Would it still have worked? Like, would we have, would a lot of the fandom have fallen in love with that character like they did if he was an all-new person, if he was like Ron and not an old guy? Probably not. Yeah. See, I don't know. I think that he might have just because they did introduce a lot of new characters that ended up being fan favorites. And so I think that, you know, I I, I still think it would have worked. I mean, yeah, it, it could have, but the fact that he's the the name the name is the is like the connective tissue. Like it's what there's so much baggage with the name that comes along with it in your brain. That's like on in your subconscious, you know. Like suddenly, that that's where the dissonance occurs, and it's like it takes a while to break out and like separate and become a new Ultra Magnus in. The collective fandom's mind and, you know, on the individual level. But I think there's more of a chance of that happening than a new character taking. I think there, I think there's more of a chance that when you make an altered Ultra Magnus or a voiceless Bumblebee who's weird like the movies, that there's more of a chance of that taking on than when you, you know, when you first brought in Drift and, you know, people were like, oh, my God, I hate this stupid character. Why does he keep getting rid of this stuff? He's so dumb. I don't like Drift at all. Um, and that, that persisted for years, you know, people did it like drift and now he'll just show up. Yeah. He was like the Jar Jar Binks of, of Transformers for a while and, and kind of rightly so. Like he was a hype, they, Hasbro and all the partners, they were trying, they're like, we're going to do something new. We're going to make this character. Let's, you know, Shane McCarthy, you write it. And he, you know, made a Mary, you know, a lot of people call him a Mary Sue or whatever, or But time has marched on and now he's kind of a fan favorite. And he's also taken a back seat to the he's not at hype levels that he was. And, you know, once you're in the once you've transcended and fractured off into becoming part of the movie verse, like you're there to stay for (laughs) for a while, even though his character like kind of sucks in the movies. But it, it took it took a good 10 years, before, but the tide shifted, like, I think it was as soon as, um, I think it was lost, I think it was more than meets the eye when it shifted. I think so. A lot of things shifted at that, that point. That depiction of him is so much more fun anyway. That depiction more of him subtle. is super fun. Yeah. So much more subtle. He has some, you know, he has some, like, actual flaws and stuff. Like, I can't, I remember when it really shifted for me was, oh, this is a huge more than meets the eye spoiler. It's like a massive one. But there is a a moment with Drift that like, like, I think I screamed. I was like, yeah, and I've never done that with a comic before. And it was really great. So, um, you know, it's cool to see that little investment, though. You know, he's not an original G1 character. He's not something you've had for 30 years. He's something you've had for like 10 or so. They they, they put the work in and they made him. They made him. Right. And, and I then, think they've put the work in with Windblade too, but it was right. kind of the same story. Plus, she was a female, so, so that was Windblade rough, was the you know. same story for sure. And that because she was the fan vote and still came out as a woman, I think definitely made more of a pushback. So it was like, oh, are they pushing inclusivity, or is it just a new character? I she's cool. I like Windblade. I well, still I will always hate her design to the end of the earth, but 
I, I wonder too with some of this if they um you know decided to have Windblade. Well, I mean I guess it was a fan made was it a fan vote or something like that when they released the, the the first toy. But uh if part of that using her now is because it is a relatively new character in, in, in blueprint and whatnot compared to like say an RC where there's a lot of history there. And so they don't they, like with Windblade, you can kind of just do what you want to do and not necessarily paint within the lines of, of like what the RC is. And then like when they blew some of that stuff up in the comic, I'm sure, you know, there's still people that get annoyed how she was depicted in the comic too. So well, they pushed her real hard. Like, why does this new character have a have a mini series named after her all of a sudden? It was just, it, for some reason, people feel like that's being stuffed down their throat. But everything's being stuffed down your throat, so I don't know why that particularly she matters. Was a little bit Mary Sue too, like Drift. When in her original introduction, she had a little Mary Sueage on her, yeah. and that that made her a little rougher to swallow. But I still well, liked her. She she's she's good in my book. I mean whatever she's pretty consistent she keeps coming back but i think the the side bummer to that is when we get attached to a character like a new one that gets introduced and it doesn't seem like they're going anywhere after years you know like like i wish christian was here because he always talks about how he's disappointed that the studio series toys aren't getting repaints into the toy specific characters that they were made into back in the day you know the repaints that were made of the old toys back when the movies came out he's bummed that we're not getting those even though they don't have fiction they don't matter they're not characters well i mean studio series is not over right (laughs) no absolutely so it's like that to happen everyone just chill out for a moment okay like masterpiece has been going on for like 20 years now and they're not done with that either like sorry you haven't gotten jazz yet still coming (laughs) just you can't release them all on the same day or you wouldn't have any money anymore to pay your rent. That's right. But I, I, that. I think those are coming, especially because the one outlier in Studio Series is the Thundercracker that was early on. Like, it's not in the movie. It has nothing to do with, like, the movies. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of, like, threw it in. I don't know why they... Maybe... It's not really worth a lot in the aftermarket, so maybe like it just wasn't received well, like from a financial standpoint. Plus, Toys R Us was going out of business like the same day that they announced that toy, so it might have been a lot of uh, poorly synergistic things that stopped that. But I think they're still coming. Well, but those aren't really characters; those just exist as toys. Yep, just toys. Except for Demolisher was in the movie, so. I, I kind of wonder with with some of that if like Hasbro is is trying to intentionally like a lot of these waves where they're like we're gonna do one G one we're gonna do one Studio Series we're gonna do whatever like they they kind of mix those up kind of like what they're doing right now with with Kingdom and some of those exclusives too where it's like oh well you want this exclusive like you're gonna have to get the two pack and it's gonna come one Beast Wars and if you don't care about Beast Wars well you got to figure it out or like you know one G one if you don't care about that. You have to, to, you know, sell that off, too. So um, I, I think they probably do figure out that people aren't, you know, don't have infinite money. So it might work better just to release, like, a couple in a wave rather than, you know, like, th- than a whole, you know, whatever, $200 worth of figures. So now my question is, is like, okay, with Bavers, do you wish 
that you would have seen a lot of those characters as new characters. And they did introduce new characters with the movie as well. But like a lot of like the issues that I have is, is that they have a random like model and that doesn't necessarily have the personality of what I think the G1 character, or whatever it may be, but then they call it a classic G1 figure. Do you wish that they would have just made all of them like, you know, whatever, say Devastator or, you know, Hot Rod or just whoever it may be where they just threw on names and like it did not look at all like, you know, some of the older models. Do you wish they would just call it just something completely new? It honestly made me get over that. Like the movies did. Like I had that aversive reaction with first, especially to Bumblebee, because I have such an attachment to Bumblebee. I love Bumblebee. But that version movie Bumblebee, I hate that character. He's frustrating and gross, and I just don't like him at all. It was a huge aversive reaction. But I think because the movies kept doing that, I've now like kind of embraced the multiverse concept, just like with, you know, the the Marvel movie characters not being the same as the comic characters that I read as a kid or the cartoon characters I watched as a kid to a teenager. I think I've just like kind of gotten over it now and said, it's fine. You know, they named this guy Optimus Prime. He's a bit of a sociopath compared to G1 Optimus Prime. And that's fine. He's a different guy. He just has the same name. And I'm good with that. So I think it was kind of a um, a trial by fire. I'm like falling out of the frying pan, going straight into the fire with the whole like using my old names in a way I didn't like. So I think that's made me more okay with it. Well, I don't know. I, I, a lot of thoughts just went through my head about about that. Um, this, you know, Transformers, the the movie franchise, came out. At the time, it had to, but unfortunately, when it ha- when it came out, like right when all the big way, all, everyone creatively in charge of movies based on other franchises, right before they realized, oh, let's let's stop fucking with this stuff, let's just kind of like do what has already been done, because they thought they had to like recreate everything on a creative level. They had to have new concept artists come in and like. It might have been a licensing thing because they didn't want it to relate exactly because maybe there was, you know, if, if it looked too much like what's on the page, they had to pay more to the original creator or something. I don't know, but there's probably some of that. And like Michael Bay wanted nothing to do with the initial Transformers. He probably would have named them completely other characters if he could have. But like luckily someone, you know, it stopped him from calling everything like Super Balls and stuff. <laughs> It's unfortunate because it's it's taken, and once that train was out out of the station, like it wasn't coming back, and until it started failing, and after all these Marvel movies have succeeded, you know they got a chance to re, they had to kind of concede like, well maybe we should at least, you know when they're on Cybertron maybe we can make them look like they used to for a second or something, and everyone's flipping out, and if they had just done that stuff from the beginning. I mean, I want to think it would be we'd be in a better position now as a as a worldwide brand than we are. But still, what happened worked pretty good. But now we have these two completely divergent fan groups that fight <laughs> the babies versus the G oneers. I, I mean, I kind of love it actually. I think it's hilarious. But but it's just a shame that 
it ma- it makes everything more confusing. Like, oh, Ratchet? Oh, wait, wait, which Ratchet? You always have to preface it. It's not just Ratchet. It's G1 Ratchet or Cyberverse Ratchet or Bayverse Ratchet, you know, which is not the name of the character. It's just Ratchet. But you have to, like, compartmentalize all these things because they're so drastically different. And I, I don't think, I mean, if you like the Bayverse characterizations and stuff, you definitely don't care about the G1 ones and vice versa. Right. They're so separate. It's, it's, it's complicated and it's kind of sucks, but... It's funny that right after the movies, we started having kind of a consistent ratchet archetype where he was always the crotchety old man because he really wasn't in that series. But then it was like, we're going to do this in animated and prime. And we're going to keep doing that with his personality. Yeah, every iteration, you know, is layers upon layers of what yeah. came before. And, you know, it was animated. The, the team that was there for animated and prime while the movies were going on concurrently, they they have they like shoulder a lot of the, I don't know, the credit for some of the, the cool archetypes and the versions of characters we have now because of some of the, the small changes they made incrementally. So kudos to them. I think one of the, Rick was there for some of that. So it's you, Rick, if you're listening. <laughs> if Rick, so, Rick's listening to, to the end of this episode. Yeah. Can I bring up one last subtopic before we finish tonight, today, whatever time it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, encouragement? Sure. Okay, cool. What about the, the, do you guys have characters that were created for one series or another that you really attached to that faded into obscurity? They just didn't get grabbed again. They just didn't get used again you know, kind of the one that got away, like they got introduced into the fandom. You were like, ooh, this is going to be a character I'm going to like. And then that was it for them. That was the only time they showed up. I'm going to use kind of an awkward example because, you know, the example I'd really want to use is last Valentine's Day, we finally got a new piece of fiction for Glyph, who I've liked, you know, since she was introduced as an exclusive character because of her background as a woman scientist transformer being a woman scientist human i thought that was really cool and i was really excited that she got a piece of fiction and now it's been a full year with a new bumblebee mold and a new cliff jumper rolled out there and no sign of a toy for her no sign of her getting used again kind of a bummer and it's the same thing for people who attach to nautica who is still being used in the comics (laughs) not as heavily as she was before maybe um but no sign of a new toy. No sign of making it into the big fiction, into the animation. So do you guys have anybody like that? I mean, it's I would say overall happen. there's a fair amount of IDW characters. And the fact that they, like, stopped that universe and rebooted it. And it we're getting further and further away from that old universe. Like, makes mm-hmm. me worried that we're not going to get some of those those main characters. So, I mean, we're at least hitting up some of them. I know like we did get an official rung, um, you know, we're getting an MMC one as well. So like some of, uh, you know, some of those, but you know, kind of like you said with, with Nautica and, and, and some of those others. Um, uh, another one for me too is, is that, um, you know, I really like the character blaster and um, I, I feel like that he just hasn't really gotten, uh, you know, good representation 
you know, recently. And it used to be one of those things where it's like, literally, if you saw a sound wave, like there's going to be a blaster coming out too. Like they're just going to repaint them into, uh, into that. And we haven't, you know, I, I think he might be on a schedule like for the next couple of years. I can't remember which, which ones he's supposed to come in. in. But it like is, is one of those things where I know we've talked about like a lot of the tapes and, and those guys too. It's like where we're like, just give us all, you know, all those, all those tapes. But yeah, it's been a minute since we've gotten a lot of the, uh, the tapes and, and, and blaster and, and, and his minions in addition to Soundwave and hits. That's a really good example, Lucas, because I hadn't really ever thought about the fact that Blaster, for us as the big fans, as the like obsessive fans, has stuck around, you know, for the full 40-ish years of this fandom. But he's barely got it into the fiction that whole time where Soundwave just keeps being an important character and version after version after version. Blaster is always the Autobot repaint that may or may not show up in the story for five minutes. Yet we still really care about him and want him to be around. Even but I mean, not he really did have like... a big representation in, you know, in, in the G1 cartoon and the movie. Yeah. So it's not, it wasn't something where it's just for, for whatever reason, like, I can't remember. Is he in the movie? Like the, the Bayverse movie? Is there a blaster? I don't yeah. think so. so. I mean, that, that might be part of it as well is, is that, you know, some of these other ones, at least their, their name and whatnot is, is coming. But yeah, like for whatever reason, Blaster just hasn't, hasn't been mm-hmm. as big. Well, it's interesting just cause it's such an old example. You know, it's a new character that was introduced that you liked. And then 40 years later, he just doesn't really make it back into the fiction very well. Yeah. It sucks that he's kind of just, they just take Soundwave and they remold him now to Blaster, yeah. which is like, oh, that's really not the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, I, I can also see it in their eyes. If they have to make, they probably don't want to make two outdated alt mode toys. They will just go with the more iconic one, which is you know, sound balls. So, uh, I'm trying to think of my answer. I mean, maybe like there, there's so many figures in animated that never made it that should have. Like I would have really, I wanted those Constructicons because I was hoping that meant that they were gonna make a full on. Devastator in season four. I mean, they were supposed to, and then you were supposed to be able to put like Bulkhead was part of it, like against his will or something. But those are the characters I can think of. I mean, Knockout, we got a toy of him. It was so so, but um, we're getting a new one finally. Red. We're supposed to, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I would think they would have been just straight canceled. Yeah, that's that's my big worry is like, I don't know. I've kind of side note, like I got the red star scream and bumblebee and I think I decided I don't like those toys. Like they're just they look like, terrible. They're, they're not good pictures. Conceptually. I like them. Optimist looks is the, Optimist and Soundwave look great because they don't have faces. I think but Megatron what, looks great. Okay. Well, the first three are awesome, but the, it's, yeah, it's going down from there. Maybe RC is the shining example. But. Oh no. Do you not have her? She's not. I don't know. I don't open RC. She does fine. She does fine, but she's not good. Yeah. She's better than Cheater, what we had Cheater for Prime RC. Well received either, so. I think Knockout will be the same. He'll be better than what we had for Prime Knockout because that toy is a bit of a mess, but it's going to be yeah. mediocre. I mean, the, the one toy I always wanted was uh, Unicron, and uh, now, you know, it just took 35, 36 years to get it. Now you have one. 
I definitely do. You got a unicorn way earlier than that. Yeah, but it's you know not as good. I had the hard, I had them all. I had the hard hero bust and everything. And it was pretty good for back in the day. That Armada Unicron, that was pretty good. Yes, it, it was. I mean, it was a, it was a dream come true. I, I just, it, it was just, a fantastic thing to bring home and play with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want it to be happy. a full circle. I want it to be a full sphere. Now it is. Not a lumpy. It's come full circle. Wink. So I just wanted to bring up that last bit of topic just because I think that that's the bummer risk you have when, you know, such a a line that we think is going to just keep going. You know, at this point, we think Transformers is just going to keep going in some iteration. So it's a bummer when you finally get a new character, you'll really like it and it never shows up. So we could have a we could have a moment of caring for those scrap face fans who are never getting another appearance of scrap face. I think the thing that's tough is, is like Transformers has hundreds of characters. Right. And so a lot of times you have like, you know, Christian loves Buzzsaw or whatnot. Right. It's like, well, we may never get another Buzzsaw, you know, kind of kind of thing. And so that's that's the thing is, is that as you create new characters, like there's only so much space that you can, you know, fit in some of those backstories and and whatnot. And so, you know, sometimes some other characters get squeezed out. And Buzzsaw's, like, glyph level. Like, he's not getting a new Buzzsaw. I'm not getting a new glyph because they are just, like, they're characters that have just enough fiction that if you really like the character, you can go find it or you can make it up. Yeah. But otherwise, nobody cares about but, but them. But I don't know, though, like, the thing that's weird to me is, is some of those where it's, like, they could pretty much be just relatively easy repaints and they're, oh, they're really not easy. doing them, you know, kind of thing. But it's like, I, I don't know if, if Hasbro, <coughs> I almost kind of feel like they're either doing it where it's like a main character or it's super obscure. Like it can't be somewhat obscure or like they're not going to make it, if that makes sense. They like doing stuff that hasn't been done as their obscure repaints. Right. And, and we, we all go for it. Well, at least some. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. <laughs> I mean, I want I didn't know we were ending so quickly, but I guess this topic made me want to talk about, um, do you think at this point, how long is it going to take till we get a reimagined Transformers again? In a, it, when, I, when I say that, I mean like to the level of Armada. You know, to the level of, of uh, I mean, Prime, I mean, it was all the same characters you knew. But, like, I guess, I hate to say, but Beast Wars, since Beast Wars was G1, I, like, don't really feel like it counts. But from, like, a level of the brand at that point, it was all new. I think, a big reboot. Yeah, like a totally new thing. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, maybe not even Autobots and Decepticons. Like, some weird... Some weird, like, new way to do Transformers that's never been done. Um, Space I, I guess... bots and aquacods. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, maybe, I don't know. These I are dumb feel like fan fiction that, ideas. that is being done, but it's being done for little kids. And so, like, we had, like, Rescue Bots, where they completely, you know, redid it. Right. And now they're going to have the, aren't they doing a Bot Bots cartoon? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's I guess that's probably the closest we're gonna get in the in the meantime for that. So because and, and part of that is is that, you know, at the core of Transformers it's ultimately the good guys fighting bad guys, right? So when you have 
you know, shows for little, little kids that might be, you know, three and four years old or whatever, like, you know, the parents probably don't want it ultimately over warring robots. So they probably do have to have, you know, something that's completely uh, different, like, like bot bots or like rescue bots where ultimately it's not about fighting. It's about helping people out. So. Okay. So rescue bots started in what? 20, 2012. Okay, so we're getting about to the time, maybe in a few years, as the original Rescue Bots kids are getting to be teenagers, they will have a gritty Rescue Bots reboot. <laughs> Rescue Bots Beyond. Yeah. Where are they now? It'll be the gritty version for the teenagers. I think the, uh, basically, like, the, the franchise would have to, like, really fall apart for them to risk doing that you know they'd have to no no one would be really like no one at hasbro is gonna be like you want to get rid of optimus prime and megatron and come up with like 37 new characters um no <laughs> you know like don't we're not gonna let you tank our brand but I think that's why the brand has to almost be like in a real bad place before they will pivot that hard but i would love to see them i don't know i would love to see something try and not everything be wrapped in nostalgia like so heavily yeah you got to keep some of the nostalgia but right. you know like a, fu- a future cybertron where optimus and megatron are gone but they have statues erected for, for them or something and it's like a new the new class or something this has just worked so well though we haven't had a hard stop since the movie started we haven't had a time without transformers I just can't see them taking that risk again. I, I, really... I, I, I know. That's that's the thing. It's that's... a bummer. Because I, I would love it, too. Like, even if it started as a comic, right? Because, I mean, like, IDW had the chance. They could have made all new characters and all new stuff. Instead, they, you know, just did the same thing again. Taking the old names, the old looks, and the toy looks, and giving them all new personalities and doing what they wanted with them. So, I think that's more likely to be... I think that's going to be the limit of newness, that we're yeah. going to get going forward. All newness. Yeah. I just like to say, put it out there sometimes just because most people aren't thinking about that kind of thing. And maybe there's maybe, maybe someone listening to be like, Hey, I, I, I like that idea too. Let's, let's get a build on these, get a, get a make a, a grassroots effort. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I talk about this grassroots effort toy. and this this new idea and you tell me that it's wrong because it was third party so i don't know paul <laughs> yeah you keep crossing the streams with the arguments here but i know i'll, let you, I'll let oh, you I'll have it on that. purpose it, it's not logical it does not logically sound but I'll uh-huh that. yeah i'll show you logically sound if i could have held, held up a shockwave right there that would have been a lot more fun probably one of those behind you somewhere Oh, I have one. Like, it's on the floor, but it's under something else. Ugh. See, too much buildup took too long. See, logically sound, grr. It's Cyberverse. Way to go. It's what, he was here. it's what was here. All right, Lucas, should we should we call it on this yeah, pre-recorded no, I, I think uh, I appreciate you guys joining me so that, uh, you know, for, for today. Um, so, apologize that we couldn't have a live show this week, but... Uh, we will be back uh, next week for a live show. So, This is a fun topic. I'd like to thank the person who came up with it. Thanks, B. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Anna. I appreciate it. So, all right, Are you well, going to call out the book club? 
Uh, book club this week, I think, is what is it? More than meets the eye. Somewhere in the forties. <laughs> oh wait, because you guys are doing forty-two to forty-four Sunday, right? Hold on, hold on. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. But then I got it this right. isn't going to air till after that. So what oh. are you guys doing? Oh, that's true. We'll be talking about yeah, forty, forty-two through forty-four, and then I think we'll probably switch back to robots yeah, in disguise, but switch. I don't know for sure. Okay. Well, anyway, you know. We'll, uh, we'll we'll figure it out and you know. If you join the TFLP Discord, we always post what's coming next in right. book club the day of book club. So as soon as book club ends, we post what the next book club will be. So you can always find it easy if you want to join us. Don't be shy. Yep. So it's fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks guys for joining us and uh, check out uh, Thursday night. We'll be doing. Um, uh, I, I believe, aren't we doing the spoiler pack for Netflix? Is that right, Anna? I think. I think we may as well just, like, yeah. that's the only way I'm ever going to open it. Rip the Band-Aid off on that one, so. Yeah. But, all right. Big damn Band-Aid. There, there we go. All right. Well, thanks, guys, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. See ya. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs>